Kia ora and welcome to the Snell's Beach Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode and pray that God will bless you abundantly. For more information about our church, please visit our website, sbbchurch.nz or follow at sbbchurch on Facebook or Instagram. Father, we thank you that we can give to you this morning. We ask your blessing on the church, and as Morris has already prayed, Lord, we pray for wisdom as we consider the future, as we um, look to this couple uh, who are interested in coming here to Snell's Beach. God, we just pray for wisdom and that you would lead and guide in every aspect of the process. God, would you have your way? Would you build your kingdom in this place? Would you, would you by your grace, enable us to seek your will and not ours? Because, Father, we know you've got plans and purposes for this little, little beachside town, and they're good plans. They're incredible plans. And, Father, give us a vision. Give us a glimpse of what you have planned or prepared for us here in Snell's Beach. God, unite the church. Make us one in heart, one in mind, God, that we might be a people that reflect your glory. That people say they must know Jesus because of the love they have for one another. We ask that in Jesus' name. Father, I pray now for your grace to share uh, your word, to share my story. And Lord, I just pray for your anointing. It's a little bit Uh, challenging sometimes to share personal things and I I just really ask for your anointing and blessing this morning. God, would you touch us all as we see and look afresh at what a great saviour you are. How God, we did not reach out to you, but you in your love and grace and mercy reached out to us. And for that we are all incredibly grateful. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I was sitting in my lounge on Saturday. Jenny was down drinking coffee down in Auckland with her daughters, having a great time. And I had my message all sorted out. I was about to go upstairs and get it, put the final touches, you know, as you just uh, prepare yourself. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, no, not tomorrow. I want you to share your story. And I said, Lord, that can't be you. Jenny will kill me. Jenny's favourite scripture is, forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what is ahead. Uh, We don't go back, David. Well, I've got a choice here to obey God or Jenny. What shall I do, Jenny? (laughs) No, Jenny would be very hard. In in a sense, Jenny, um, she won't. She'd kill me if I brought her up here, but she just about needs to be up here as well because our story is a journey together with Jesus. I just want to share that this morning. Just a passage, let's, uh, as always, let's focus on God's word. Mike and the worship team left us in a great place. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us, is it? So as I share my testimony this morning, I'm just hoping and praying that Jesus will be glorified, that people will be drawn to Jesus. I know there are people here who have never experienced the, uh, the power of God to be born again. I'm believing this morning that there will be someone or people today who will make that step to surrender 
to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the best friend you will ever have because that's been our testimony. In Romans 8, Paul wrote these wonderful words, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. I, uh, when I first came to the Lord, we used to go to a church in town. It was a big church, so experiencing revival, and we used to sneak out from our little church and go in there. And I heard this one song. Can we have the words up there, please? Um, it never failed me yet. In a sense, the overall theme of my message today is God has never failed me. Jenny and I have walked with Jesus for 40, nearly 40 years, 39, getting very close to 40, and I can testify in front of everyone unashamedly that God has never, ever failed me once. The song says yet, while the reality is he never will, because <laughs> he's promised I will never, ever, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. And I just uh, invite you to just uh, sing this little song. Some of you may know it. Never failed me yet, never failed me yet. Jesus' love has never failed me yet. There's one thing I know, that wherever I go, Jesus' love has never failed me yet. One more time. Never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Jesus' love has never failed me yet. There's one thing I know that wherever I go, Jesus' love has never failed me yet. It's a lovely, lovely name, the name of Jesus. It's a lovely, lovely name from heaven above. Dispelling the clouds of doubt and fear, filling the sad and heart with cheer. It's a lovely, lovely name, the name I love. Let's declare that once more. It's a lovely, lovely name, the name of Jesus. It's a lovely, lovely name from heaven above. Dispelling the clouds of doubt and fear, filling the sad in heart with cheer. 
It's a lovely, lovely name, the name I love. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Those songs go back a little way. <laughs> you know, we used to sing sometimes all night, you know, when we first met the first love. Remember that first love when you're just so overwhelmed. You've met the Saviour, and it's just absolutely the most amazing thing. I was born in Mount Albert, one of uh, four children to a sort of like a middle-class family. We lived right on the top of Mount Albert. You know Mount Albert down there? We were right on the top. Our view from my bedroom was the whole of Auckland. It was an awesome spot. We used to play up the top of um, the mountain there. And, uh, you know, I just had a normal upbringing. Spiritually, I went to a little Anglican church. My mum was uh, a churchgoer. My dad wasn't really interested. Uh, but mum bless her heart, took us all off to Sunday school. So we went to a little church called Anglican Church, St. Margaret's. I remember not a lot about it, but I remember some of the hymns we used to sing. And I got christened in um, St. Luke's in the main road there. I remember as a little little boy, I got christened. So that was about uh, the experience. But at uh, 12 years of age, Dad, who worked in the Bank of New Zealand, got a transfer down to Kararau. There's all sorts of ways of saying it. Kaurarau, the, the locals say. But um, at the bottom of our world dropped out. I remember us four boys were all sitting in the, in the car and we're driving down the straits. Down to, and we all started crying. We go, Dad, where on earth are you taking us? This is like in the middle of nowhere. And so we went down there. And all I can say about our time in Kaurau is that it filled with a lot of uh, very sad events that shaped who the type of person I suppose I was and you know my journey to find love forgiveness grace and mercy but uh, we went down there and and uh, we had I went to church still I remember I got Chris uh, what, what do they call it confirmed at 13 and I remember the white robes I don't remember a lot about it but I remember that but I remember I never went again after I got, I got that all sorted <laughs> so I got confirmed and never went back again so it didn't really in a sense have a lot of impact on me but you never know what God's doing amen you never know what God's doing and I'm very grateful for my mum for actually just taking us to church but, uh, you know, life went on normal like it is for all of us. And then um, my youngest brother was very, very sick. He had a, a very sort of serious bowel condition where he nearly died. It was very, very traumatic. My mum, I think she just took a huge stress. And then um, that went on for years. And so the ho home was a very stressful place. But when I was 15, I remember I just sat school certificate and I went home and I gave Dad, I was going to show Mum and Dad my results, and I remember Dad taking me aside and said, I've got something I want to tell you. Your mum's dying with cancer. Whoa! I, like, you can imagine, some of us have been there, we know the shock. We saw a little film actually last the other night of the devastation that happens, and especially children, when these sort of events happen. And... Uh, this sermon won't be going into any of the whys and wherefores of why things happen in life, but this came into my world. And I'll tell you what I did. I was a good boy, mummy's boy, did all my homework, did everything right. The moment my mum passed away, 
I got on my bike and I remember riding through Kaurau, swearing and using every word I'd never used before, and I went absolutely on the wild side. I started drinking, taking drugs, you know, just, just leading the party life. Now that was how traumatic that event affected me. And I don't think we should ever underestimate with the younger generation today the effect that life is having on them, and on us for that matter. You know, we can have a lot of, uh, you know, wounds and scars from these sort of things that happen. So, uh, bless my father. He, uh, we sort of lived together um, at home and, and uh, for, a, for a year, for I did the sixth form, and then dad organised a job for me and I moved to Auckland. I continued pretty well a self-destructive life for years. Like, I was drinking... Um, I had three serious car accidents, and I mean serious. Like one of them was playing my guitar and went round the corner and I, someone else was driving, I went in the corner. I went straight through the window, flew off with my guitar still playing, and landed on the railway track. I go, Lord, how on earth have you kept me alive? Like I, I remember one night we're just completely, um, you know, completely paralytic and uh, we went into the back of a truck and the, the whole tray just came up in through the window and... I, had, I got this huge gash right through my head and I just go, God, man, you know, I, I look, look back and I go, man, how did I survive that time? And uh, it was very, very, very sad. Well, the first uh, act of redemption that came along that I recognised was God brought a very special thing into my life. And you all know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Jenny, my little angel. You know, I was drinking. She was not living, you know, the perfect life as well. She was, a, you know, sort of happy to join me in my lifestyle to a degree, but I found love. I was hurting. I was orphan-spirited. I was suffering, and I met someone who loved me unconditionally. Wow. And so Jenny and I set on, out on the good life, and uh, it wasn't long after we met that... Uh, we got married and got a dog, and I heard about the dog this morning, a little German shepherd, and we had a beautiful little house and, and a great, great life, we, we thought. At one stage, I thought, oh, we're going to do something exciting, so we packed up everything and we went all the way down to Dunedin to do a pottery course. Now, you don't, there aren't many potters around today, but I decided, I was an architectural draftsman by um, profession, and I decided I was going to be, we were going to be hippies. So off we went, and we went down to Dunedin. I did a course in pottery. And it's very, very interesting that while Jenny and I were living down there, uh, we had our first child, Vincent, born down there. And while we were there, I got the strange feeling to go to church. Now, I mean it was strange. I was sitting with all these people in the course who were all, you know, earrings and, you know, sort of, you know, sort of weird ideas about life and, and worshipped all sorts of things. And I'm saying to them, I think I'll go to church this Sunday. They're going, you what? What on earth? Who knows that God, by his spirit, is always wooing us to him? Because he's a great romantic and he loves his children. And he loved me. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. So we went along to the first church. Has anyone seen the first church in Dunedin? Beautiful big wooden structure with huge. And I just used to go in there and just look at the architecture because I was an architect. And I go, this is amazing. The, the, the preacher there was a total liberal and he used to preach about 
anything but Jesus, and it didn't seem to matter because God was still working in that place. There were people, like there are in this church, who were taking food to us, and we'd get these random visits from people. Here we are, a couple of hippies, and we would get food, lamb, vegetables. We just couldn't believe this. Anyway, we didn't make any decisions at that point, but then we moved after that year um, back to Auckland, and I set up a pottery. So we really had the good life. I was working at home. We had our, cho- you know, our children. Our family was growing. And I can say, besides my terrible addiction to drinking and, and smoking cigarettes, I was happy. Boy, did I try to stop those two things. I did everything in my power to stop smoking. At work, we'd get everyone together, and we'd, we'd, we'd put money in, this huge pool of money, and we'd say, right, the people who are still not smoking at the end of the month can share it all. We all had a meeting and all agreed to get our money back and get the cigarettes again. I tell you what, addictions are so powerful. And, you know, people go, you smoked? Packet plus a day. And it was killing me. I mean, I used to cough my lungs out. And, and uh, anyway, um, so I could not break some of those addictions. And, of course, like all of like everyone, I needed to know love. Jenny and I had a wonderful relationship, but that's not enough, is it? We need to know who created us. We need to know our maker. And God was in the process of revealing himself to us, and that was pretty awesome. And uh, anyway, the next, I can only describe as the hugest tragedy came in. I got a phone call one day. We were at home, Jenny and I, and my dad rang up and said, David, I've got some terrible, terrible news. And I share, I, 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 I share it all bluntly. I'm not hiding anything. I heard that day that my young brother had killed someone. Just like that. I thought life was great. I heard someone say the other day, isn't life beep, beep good? And I heard life is not good without Jesus. You know, for a start, we've got no future. And the reality is, There is a lot of sad things going on, and we're seeing a lot of those at the moment, aren't we? All over the world, there's a lot of people suffering in all sorts of of ways. Excuse me. So all I can say is when I got that news, I had a complete breakdown, really. I just went to pieces. and um, During that time, my best friend, John, who now lives out Howick, he was my, you would say my drinking mate, my partner in crime, he had become a Christian. And uh, Marlene may have bumped into John because he went to the Church of Christ and he had a little little book in his pocket like this and he used to invite us for dinner every time without fail. He'd pull his little book out and he says, David, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. You need to give your life to Jesus. Now, who knows that people don't appreciate when you talk like that? <laughs> Especially when you're a sinner and you're looking for the good life. Your last thing you want to do is repent and give your life to Jesus. Well, I'm unbelievably grateful to John today because he had the courage to share the gospel. The gospel that Jesus died on the cross for me, and he shared it, and he never 
didn't. I used to drive home and I'd be holding the steering wheel and I'd be just shaking with rage because I was fighting against God. I didn't want to surrender my life. I wanted, to be, I wanted it to be my way, not God's way. I didn't realize that God's way is way better. Hallelujah. Anyway, um, that sort of went on for a long time. And during that time, we visited my young brother Grant in Tokanui Hospital, in Oakley Hospital. And eventually, he took his own life. He was a very sick young man. He got, when my mum had died, he had gone into drink, drugs, just gone down a terrible spiral. And he en ended up taking his life. And uh, one day we'd visited him in Tokanui and I was on my way home and we just, I said to Jenny, we've got to stop the car. We just stopped the car. I got out and just wept, just wept and wept. I said, I've got to go and see John. How did I know to go and see John? <laughs> because he had the gospel message. And I said, John, when we got there, please, I don't know what you've been saying, but I'm ready to hear it. Would you please take me to church? And so it was, I think it was a Sunday, and that Sunday night, Jenny and I and John and Lorraine went to the Church of Christ. And uh, I sat there, and I heard the preacher declaring the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross for me. And I can only say that God opened my eyes, and I saw it as clear as day. I didn't make a, uh, Jenny and I didn't make commitments that day, but isn't it amazing how, like, we lived in Titarangi. I had no idea what a church was, hardly. I didn't even know where they were in Titarangi. And Jenny and I just knew to go up the hill and go to the Titarangi Presbyterian Church. Gordon was worshipping down the road at Glen Eden Baptist. And I knew to go there because God was bringing us home. And I remember walking into this church. I walked in, I looked around, I said, I know him. I know him. It was like a secret society. There was all these people who I had no idea were Christians. And it was like, I just remember the feeling, I'm home. I'm home. I'm in the family of God. It was incredible. That's what should happen when people uh, who are drawn by the Spirit. Are you getting the idea here? It's God who draws us. The Holy Spirit draws us. All we have to do is provide an environment where when God draws people in, they are just sort of uh, you know, swallowed up in the love and power of God. That's why I'm so, I'm, I'm so uh, hot on the fact that we need the Holy Spirit. You know, we can have plans, we can have programs, we can have all sorts of things, but at the end of the day, we need God's glorious presence. I walked into this church in Titarangi, and I just felt God everywhere. In fact, a little while later, we led a young, um, uh, I was sharing the gospel with a girl down the road, and we took her to church, and she sat there, and all over the room, people prophesied and said, there's a girl here, and she's had this happen, and she's had this happen, and, and Vicky's going, that's me, that's me. And that night, she gave her life to Jesus and got so amazingly, miraculously saved. It's an it's exciting thing. So um, we, we basically went to the church, and uh, 
I don't know, we don't have them here, I don't think, but they had a little card, you know those little cards, and it says, you know, I, I, didn't, I, st I still didn't understand what was happening, but I said, yeah, Dave, Jenny, Fredrickson, put our address, said, yeah, we'll, we'll have a visit. Anyway, the pastor came round, lovely, lovely man, David Strickland was his name, and he used to preach on love nearly every Sunday, and uh, it was an amazing church. And uh, anyway, he came round, and he's talking to us, and he says, Oh boy, he says, I'm out of my depth here. I don't know what to do with you two. He's a pastor and he didn't even know how to... Yeah, yeah. He says, I need to send Jackie round. Anyway, Jackie was the local evangelist and she's become a very good friend there in the ministry now in Dunedin. And um, anyway, Jackie came round to our house. Jenny and I were there and um, I said to Jackie when she arrived, right, let's have a nice cup of tea. We'll make you a cup of tea and give you some, you know, bean sprouts or something. And... Um, and she said, you haven't got time for a cup of tea. I said, I haven't. She said, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Who would love to be that direct? <laughs> eh? Doesn't that put us all to shame? You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. I said, I do? What is that all about? And she says, would you like to? And I said, well, I can't see any reason why not. I'm desperate. I need help. I think... In saying that, I knew enough to sort of know what was going on, but at the same time, I didn't. And Jenny and I, on that day in 1982, knelt down on our lounge floor, and she laid hands on us, and we repented, gave our lives to Jesus. And I can tell you the power of God hit us in a way I will never, ever forget. I had what you know, new age called astral travel. I left my body and I looked down, I saw me kneeling on the floor and God just completely forgave all my sin, cleansed me. I just felt like amazing. remember going outside, I looked at all the trees, it was just like heaven. And I had the most hugely powerful experience. If you're here today and you have never, ever experienced being born again. It can happen in all different ways, but the one thing is you will know if you've not done it. The Bible says all those who received Jesus, who believe in his name, he will give the right to become children of God. Children not born naturally, but born of the Spirit. And that day, Jenny and I became sons and daughters of the living God. Can we give the Lord a hand? Because I'm sharing something today that's happened to many, many of us. And I want to preach it because it's real. It's real. God is touching lives today just like he did then, and we need to be praying for a glorious, powerful move of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to finish my testimony at salvation because the rest is another story. We've had an amazing journey with Jesus, but I just want to finish with three things that I believe have uh, kept me close to Jesus. Over the last 40 years, I have seen so many uh, contemporaries, friends who have started well and not, they're not walking with God even today. And, and, and there's a number of people. Right from the word go, I was taught this power in this Bible, in the word of God. The Bible actually... Uh, we are taught is it's, it's, it's like living. It's active. It actually works in us. 
And I read a testimony by John Wesley. Now, I'm not saying any of this to bring any credit or glory to me. It's just what happened, and I'm internally grateful for the preachers who inspired me. John Wesley said, I get up at four o'clock every morning, and I read the word till breakfast. No, something in me went, okay, I'll never be probably like John Wesley, but I can do that. Hallelujah. And pretty well, ever since I got saved, I've got up at very early hour of the morning, and I will have read the word for two, three hours. Now, I don't say that to boast. This changes lives. If people realized how important the Bible was, they would never stray from God. The word is powerful. And it's not in, uh, written in riddles. There are no deep philosophical sort of mean. It's simple. It means what it says and it says what it means. It's really simple. When God says, you know, call upon me and I will save you, it means it. And uh, all those that call upon the Lord will be saved. And so the first thing I'm very, very grateful for is God's word. You know, it's the first of the, the, these things, the three Ps. The first is the power of the word. I want to encourage you, uh, you know, if you've slipped in your Bible reading, the Bible read in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit is powerful. It really is. It's life transforming. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, we need to be a people of the word. We also need to be a people of prayer. You know, I, I just, just seem to have uh, had a, read a lot of books, a lot by Andrew Murray, a great preacher, and a lot of his devotionals and books have inspired me that prayer is everything. Now, God doesn't need us to pray. God is sovereign. He can do what he wants, when he wants, and with whoever he wants. So I make that really clear. I'm not saying that, that we build God's kingdom. God builds his kingdom. He builds his church. But in his sovereign wisdom, he's chosen you and me to intercede with Jesus on his behalf. What an awesome privilege. We can bring in the kingdom of God through prayer. The disciples said to Jesus, how should we pray? And he said, pray like this. Holy is my name. Let your kingdom come. Let my kingdom come, speaking in God's tense. Let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus did not teach that as an arbitrary little bit of a theology. That was an invitation for us to co-work with him to bring in his kingdom. And uh, I believe as God's people, we need, prayer should be, prayer and the word are everything. And I believe we should be a people of prayer. And the final one is praise. For some reason, you know, you know I, whenever I have a challenge or a difficulty, I just start singing. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't sing. Well, I guarantee if I told you to sing, uh, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, I guarantee you could do it. You know, most of us can sing. We can sing happy birthday. We can sing all sorts of songs. Sing the most simple. We sang a really simple one before um, about never failed me yet. And I believe that, that as we praise God, the walls of Jericho come down. And whenever we have problems, challenges, whenever we have things come in our lives and we, and in a sense, Jesus promised us we would, in this world you will have trouble, 
but take heart, I have overcome this world. How do we overcome this world? Through spirit-inspired prayer and praise. Hallelujah. When we praise, things happen. And uh, I just really encourage us as a church to make a huge priority on praise and a huge priority on personal praise. Don't listen to talk back all day. Put on Radio Rima. Do you know I've, I've met so many Christians who've never heard of Radio Rima, never heard of Shine, never heard of Life FM, and I'm going, that's all I ever listen to. I don't hear praise on the national program. I tell you what I do hear. I hear undermining of the Christian faith on national program. Sorry, national program. I shouldn't say that. But I, I tell you what, secular radio stations and all that sort of garbage won't feed your spirit. And we need to be people who come here so primed up with the Holy Ghost, so full of faith. You know, I want to finish this uh, sort of little exhortation with an amazing story that Jesus taught in Luke 18. Luke 18. Many of you will know it. It's that beautiful story of the persistent widow. You know, God has promised to come. God has promised to build his kingdom. And I believe he's waiting for intercessors. He's waiting for the church to arise in one heart and one mind and pray. And I'm not talking about praying lovely little prayers about Auntie Mary and all sorts of things. We're talking about crying out passionately for God to move again. You know, Isaiah 64, open the heavens! God, Isaiah must have been so frustrated. He wanted God to move. The days were dark. Who knows the days are dark today? You know, the days are getting darker every day. And when the days get darker, God's people should be arising with the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. We should be arising with power and glory in the name of Jesus. And uh, Jesus left this very awesome challenge to us about the widow. He said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see they get justice and quickly. Oh, I love that. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? on earth. There's our challenge this morning, church. Are we going to arise in these dark days in faith and are we going to preach the gospel, pray unceasingly for revival? Hallelujah. Pray for everything, Paul says, but I'm exhorting us today to pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. I am going to spend the last remaining days of my life praying for that thing. If I forget to pray about you, I'm sorry, but I'll be praying for revival. Because when revival comes, you will be and I will be swept up in it and we will have days where we are so excited to come to church. We, we won't be able to contain ourselves. We'll be rushing to get into the front rows. Miracles do happen. They do, don't they, Leo? Yep, front row. Not just, you know, the few. So, can I have the worship team up? We're going to finish with that song Mike started with.
I, one of my favourite songs. Kia ora and thank you for listening to the latest episode from Snell's Beach Baptist Church podcast. We hope that you were encouraged today by the Word of God. For more information about our church, please visit our website www.sbbchurch.nz May the Lord bless you and keep you safe this week. Kia ora whanau. Thank you.